Welcome to Q4Q, the Queer Personals podcast. My name is Haley, a they-them archivist in Baltimore, Maryland, and this show is not for children. What does that mean? Don't let your child listen to it if you don't want them to hear swear words, sexual fantasies, kinks, and or other fun stuff that will likely come from our mouths. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. Hello, everybody. Today, my guest is Brad Shreve, author and host of the podcast Queer We Are, and former host of the hit podcast Queer Writers of Crime. Would you like to introduce yourself? Absolutely. I want to brag a little bit. Queer Writers of Crime was named in 2022 as uh, one of the 20 best queer podcasts in BuzzFeed. Uh, So I was very proud of that. But it was time to end it. So uh, about four months ago, I decided to start Queer We Are. uh, And I'll get into that in a little bit. I'm originally from Michigan or North Carolina, depending on the age. So sometimes I tell people I'm from the West and sometimes I tell people I'm from the South. And really all kinds of depends on who I'm talking to. I don't have a Southern accent, but if I talk to somebody from the South, within three minutes, I have a deep Southern accent. Um, I moved around a lot with my business. I worked uh, in the hotel industry and a lot of times as a trainer or running different offices. And But I wound up spending 20 years in Los Angeles. And to care for a family member, uh, about a year and a half ago, I moved up to the California desert in the town called Apple Valley, uh, which is a great name for it because there are very few apples here. There's a few apple trees. Long story for Apple Valley. If you want to look it up, it's it's a funny story. It's it's about man trying to conquer nature and not doing so well. Mm. <laughs> uh, I have an amazing husband for 15 years. His name is Maurice. Uh, we met online and I was n- no way looking for a relationship whatsoever because I had ended a bad one. And uh, was just looking. I wasn't just looking for sex. I was looking for dates too. But I, just that, uh, and we just hit it off incredibly. Uh, we did not meet in personal ads. We met in the modern version, which are website hookup sites. And I was just about to log off, and this little thing popped up that said hi. And normally I would have logged off, but for some reason I said hi back, and the rest is history. In addition to podcasting, I'm a mystery author. I've written two books in the Mitch O'Reilly mystery series, and Mitch is a uh, a gay man and takes place in uh, Los Angeles. And I have a third book on the way that I'm writing. Uh, my readers have, are telling me it's taking way too long. They're very frustrated. In the meantime, <laughs> I do have a short story. It's much different than the series. It's called Bound to Love, and uh, it doesn't it touches on bondage, but it's not really about bondage. Uh, the characters are into it, but we don't get into the details, except maybe a little bit. But it's it's uh, really cheap on Amazon. But if anybody wants it, I'll send it to you for free. Uh, they can email me at brad at bradshreve.com or go to the contact page on my website, which is queerweare.com. Either one, and I'll get one to you. Nice. In okay. in ebook. That book is not in, uh, it's ebook only, unlike the other books. Okay. Oh, thank you. And do you have any social media pl- that you would like to share as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I spend most of my time on Instagram. I spend a okay. little time on TikTok. 
mainly because I make reels. I just throw them over to TikTok anyway because mm-hmm. they're the same size. And it's at the Brad Shreve. Uh, and it's not that I'm that arrogant. At one time I had at Brad Shreve and I lost it. And so I had to choose the Brad Shreve. And on any social media, I'm the Brad Shreve. So Instagram, TikTok, uh, kind of sort of on Twitter. I'm very conflicted. One day I'm going to be on there. The other day I'm like, I've had enough of this. Uh, so they, you may or may not find me on Twitter. Uh, I feel and, the same uh, way. <laughs> yes. I, it's been great for context for, for people, but I just politically, I just, uh, anyway, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't talk about the show really. Uh, it's been on for four months. And as we said, it's queer we are, and it focuses on positive stories in the LGBTQ community. And each week I sit with successful LGBTQ entertainers, activists, politicians, athletes, and so on, and average folk. And we learn what makes them successful and how did they make their goals a reality. And the important thing about the show is when I'm talking about success, I'm not talking about wealth and fame, unless that's their goal, which is cool. Each individual describes what success means to them because everybody, it means something different to everybody. And so it's not a self-help show. We don't do mantras and, but I, I want through their experiences to motivate people, especially LGBTQ people to say, okay, I can reach my dreams too. So that's yeah. the whole point of the, the show. I've had some great guests on um, a few names. I'll drop is uh drag performer, Miss Coco Peru. She was delightful. Uh, Miguel Marquez with CNN, uh, Kayla Gore, who most people probably don't know, know her name, but she's doing amazing stuff in Tennessee, which we know Tennessee needs some amazing stuff right now. Mm-hmm. She built tiny homes for trans women um, to get them off the streets. And I've had comedians Ant and Rosie Wilby. And then also Brian Ruby, who uh, when he came out two years ago, it made global news because he was the only out while active baseball player, professional mm-hmm. baseball player. So all of them have been a lot of fun. They're great people. And again, it's queerweare.com. You can go there to listen to it. And there are some buttons to get to your favorite app or wherever you listen to Haley here, you can find me there too. Hell yeah. And I also, you mentioned in a previous recording of this episode that you are going to be coming out with a new episode with a librarian as well. So it's kind of everyday people as well. Yeah, when I launched the show, I was mainly focusing on high-profile or medium-profile guests, and the re- the listeners said, those are great. We'd like to hear folks that are everyday folk like us, too. So I have started uh, doing that as well. I had a guy named Philip. Philip was outstanding to talk to. We talked about the AIDS crisis and him surviving it, and a lot of people talk about the AIDS crisis and, and get details of what it's about. We all and We touch on it a little bit. But what we really touch on is his surviving it and not just that he survived it, his attitude through it all. He didn't lose his spark for life. He had no idea how long he was going to live. He didn't pursue any career at that time because he didn't think he was Mm going to live long, but it didn't keep him from just living life at the same time. In fact, another guest, this is another more high profile guest. Sean Strew was a guest. He founded Paz Magazine Mm -hmm. and- when he founded the magazine, he didn't think he was going to live to see the first issue come out. And 
he has an incredible story living through the AIDS crisis. And now he's a small town mayor in a very conservative part of Pennsylvania. So wow, he was an interesting story. Often, I want to go back and, and listen to some of these. Thank you so much for being on with me today. I love your show. I had to, I said, I have to be on the show. And I appreciate you coming on. And I know that like you, so you've listened to my, some of my episodes and we'll probably end up laughing somewhat and th this one about how certain things go over my head like i don't know who's this cultural touch touch point that i just completely have overlooked because they were before my time well you make me laugh because sometimes you'll say a cultural reference that i'm like they don't know what that means and i wish i had an example i can't think of one mm -hmm. but but you guys are like what do you think that means and you make things up and i'm like oh they are so far off yeah other times you bring up things, I'm like, I don't even know what the hell that means. Oh, no. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, Urban Dictionary is my friend. But sometimes I can't, you can't find it because it's just like within the cultural lexicon or whatever, or I just have forgotten to look it up. And sometimes, I don't know, my, I'll, I'll text my partner and I'll be like, do you know this thing? Because she, she knows a lot of cultural references. And yeah. I'll be like, if you don't know it, then I will just assume that it's... Or it could be a regional thing. Or a regional thing. Yeah, that's true. And those are always fun to like kind of look up. But I think it's fun when I hear you guys trying to, okay, what do you think this means? And you're you're debating it. And that's kind of fun. Yeah. And I like, I mean, I, I'm glad that I can make people laugh through sheer ignorance, but like happy ignorance. It, it's it's fascinating because I'm really fascinated by the ads that you read and sometimes you don't mean to be funny like what i'm talking about and other times you guys are just having fun so i like that there's a a variety in there yeah well i appreciate it good job thank you thank you makes me so it makes me so happy to know that people like listen and do enjoy it so so you know how this works a little bit since you've listened um so tell mm -hmm. me brad have you ever written or replied to a personal ad no i used to i was in the closet till I was 35. So I used to get the magazines, which at that time we called fag rags. Uh, and I think people may still do it. I don't know. People may be offended, but that was the common term back then. Any gay magazine was called a fag rag, uh, except there were very few lesbian magazines and there was no such thing as a transgender magazine, as far as I know. Uh, now, most of those are online. They either died completely or they're online, but I would get those out and I would look in the back and they would kind of titillate me and turn me on a little bit. And the uh, escort ads, which is amazing they had them in there because they cracked down on them much more back then. They were a little more explicit. Uh, in fact, I'll, I don't know if you know this. Uh, one of the things that the escorts would do, since they couldn't say they had sex, they would say they were a masseuse and specialized in prostate massage. Fascinating. Now, I don't know many men that just say, I'd like my prostate massage. Well, I know lots of guys that would, but not as uh, not from a traditional massage, uh, massage therapy uh, standpoint. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so. Funny. My shoulders ache and my my uh, prostate hurts a little too today. Yeah, no, 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 that doesn't happen. While you're here, can you just check on my prostate a little? <laughs> <laughs> so what I did instead of the written ads during the eighties and nineties. Um, I think in the 70s, the 900 numbers started up, but they really didn't hit their stride until the 80s. And what the 900 numbers were, were you paid by a minute. And they still exist. They're not as popular as they used to be. And there were all kinds. You could pay and, and somebody would uh, just 
pretend they were having sex with them or uh, you could get astrology and all this. And all their jobs were to keep you on the line as long as possible because you, they charged a per minute charge. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you let's say you called the astrology one, the astrologist would be. I'm going to tell you a little more, a little more, and a little more. And the next thing you know, you're, you're paid several hundred dollars. But the personal ads were not, I don't remember the, the cost. The per, minute co the, the per minute cost was pretty pricey, but you weren't on there as long as some of those other things. Because what you did, you, you, you went in, you left your ad, and then you would cruise through other ads, guys left, and then you periodically go back and, and see if anybody left you a voicemail. Mm -hmm. So you were just paying for the the minutes that you were saying your voicemail in and then you and just paying for if you wanted to contact someone else. Yes. I, there may be some that had like a subscription, mm -hmm. but the ones I used and am aware of was 900 per minute charge. Okay. And so what was your what what what, what was your classic go-to voicemail that you put out to the world well um that was always fun to when you would record your message if i'm sure other people were like me you know whenever you record a message anywhere you can then say uh repeat my re redo my ad or re record or publish and i would probably hit re-record about a dozen times before i would let it publish uh, my ads were pretty, um, simple. I would give my name. I would give my, uh, stats such as height and weight. I always said I was, I was bearish. I always said I was a bottom because at that time I was exclusively a bottom. I am not anymore, but that was all I wanted. Mm -hmm. And, um, I always said that I was open to different types of men but I preferred Latino and black men. And, but I, 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 if I did that again today, I would probably leave off the Latino and black. In fact, I know I would. Everybody has a preference. And if somebody says they don't have a preference, they're lying to you or to themselves. Mm. And by that mean, I mean, if you have a lineup of, a, or if you walk into a room and there's different guys or different women, some are going to grab your attention. Different types of people are going to get your attention more quickly than the others. So people get confused with preference to exclusive. Mm -hmm. So my real preference were hot guys. And, you know, <laughs> that could be many different things. Mm -hmm. But I tended to find Latino and black guys more hot frequently. So that was my ad. And then I would just call back and, and listen to voicemails. Nice. Well, that is a perfect segue into our theme today, which is personal ads and phones. So placing a voicemail or as I've, how I've seen them referred to as talking ads in certain fag rags, publication systems, or, you know, listening to someone's sultry voiced message via the 900 ad, maybe? It doesn't surprise me they use talking ads because voicemail probably wasn't as common a term yet. Yeah, I have a little bit of history later before we get into some of our ads about like when voicemail was invented and by whom and like different things that people were using as like voicemail, but not exactly. But it, it sounds like a, like the talkies, like the movies from like the 
20s or 30s whenever they started using audio and they're like the talking ads yeah yeah but um it's interesting though because with the area codes it appeared in some of the more local papers that you could only really reach people in the specific geographic locations which probably isn't the same for like some of the national ones or the more commercial ones that come in but it is interesting that like it it's tied to like your area code because those area codes on phones now are kind of tied to wherever you were 15 and got your first phone or wherever you got your first phone at yeah i've used dozens i've moved many many times and have the same area code mm -hmm. but that was not true back then I, I was debating whether or not it was exclusive to an area or whether you could choose a different area and now that i think it through actually it was exclusive to your area so if you went to another city you had to dial a different 900 number okay so you had to find either in a fag rag or uh, who knows where else uh, if you had earlier internet uh, one of those ways you'd have to find the local number okay and you said that's vaguely the 80s for me it was the late 80s mm -hmm. uh early 90s okay so how did you if, if you were trying to set something up like before you got to a city in order to like you know not waste any time do you think you could call in to one of those numbers and use that specific area code despite the fact that you weren't in the area you know i don't know how you did that uh, because i always called ahead of time and there were 900 numbers, so they knew where your area code was coming from. Uh, you have stumped me. I don't know. So I, I, I traveled a lot at that time, so I would leave messages on in other cities, but I can't tell you. I have no clue how I did it. Well, I mean, I don't know either, but someone who works in telecommunications, please, <laughs> like the, you know, the, the background, <laughs> the data, the, and that, like the data part of it. My guess is each area had its own 900 number. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that would that so would like make my sense. town had one, San Francisco would have one, you know, mm -hmm. LA would have one. I think that's how it worked. Fascinating. So, I mean, you've already answered a lot of my questions about your experience using the the talking ads, but I was wondering if I could ask you a few more. Mm -hmm. So, how long did you typically buy a voicemail or an ad in on one of these numbers? I'm sure there were lines that you could probably pay like a. a a fee like a for a week or whatever mm -hmm. i used 900 numbers and the way 900 numbers worked you were charged a per minute charge so you would call in and you could cruise the the different lines and or different messages and then if you wanted to leave your own message you would do that and then when you went back and checked your voicemail all of those were charged on a per minute basis per per minute basis Okay, but how long would they, they stay up then for other people to access? I think each ad, this is a, a, a stretch, but uh, mm -hmm. I'm very old and feeble these days. I think they lasted about a week and then you had to do a new ad. That's going by memory, but I'm almost certain that's how it worked. Okay, I think, I think I've seen some in newspapers that advertise like one or two weeks or you can extend it if you want. Yeah, because otherwise they would sit there forever. Yeah. Which I mean, that'd be that'd be great for in, 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 uh, for me, so that I could go and listen to those. But alas, maybe I can go into one of these nine hundred numbers and see if they still someone's got the server up. That'd be fascinating. 
But I did see, so I was looking on the Bay Windows, which is a Boston publication, and they had an advertisement for voice talking ads, I guess, um, that mentions you can only have one voicemail ad per person at any one time. And so I'm like, I wonder, I was wondering if that was to keep people in the local paper for the local papers to not use them as sex work ads, or if it's just because they're tied to your specific phone. That's a good question. My guess is they just didn't want people flooding their ads over and over again to the point that it became spam. Uh, for lack of a better word, if they were really desperate or just want to make sure people heard them, I would say it was probably restricted by your phone number. Uh, so if somebody had two phones, n not everybody had cell phones. In fact, most people did not at that time. But I would think if you had a cell phone and a, a, a landline, you could probably leave two. Okay. But but I you were restricted to one. Okay. Cool, cool. I did I see I have this note in here that I missed the last time, but so this this uh Detroit Metro's Times had a their new all new Metro Times romance hotline where you could get a five digit code and password to access a voicemail where interested parties could leave you sixty second messages. Pay ten dollars for this service if you were high tech ouch i know that seems like kind of steep for for the 90s but maybe not i don't know no these numbers were really expensive and uh, you know i told you about the astrology ones that they would keep people on the line the real ones were the sex lines it, people that would call and and a guy would just do phone sex with them their job for the phone sex, uh, I had a, actually an employee who was so prim and proper, I thought, but when she left the company, she went and did phone sex. Their job is to turn you on only so far and keep you on that line for as long as possible to keep you from coming so you didn't hang up. Yeah. So just enough to keep you on, but not so much that you kind of finished your business. Right. So there were a lot of people that would get on those and end up without realizing it, hundreds of dollars. Yeah, because before you know it, you're like, oh, crap, is it actually five o'clock? <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn it. You know, if you've got a good actor on the other end of the line, you, you've lost track yeah. of time. Especially if you're like one of those people who's into edging, like then you're really just hours and hours. <laughs> <laughs> you run out you run out the operator's time well so what drew you to doing the call ads at first i was in the closet so i wasn't looking in relationship at all i was horny amen and so when i was on those numbers i you know you mentioned romance ads and they probably called them that and i think occasionally you would have somebody that says i'm looking for something long term but most people just want sex yeah I know that's all I wanted because uh, you know, I was in the closet. I, I Last thing I wanted was a relationship, or at least not openly. Mm -hmm. Where did you first find these personal ads and start reading? Like, what city were you in? Were you in Michigan still or in California when you picked up your first bag rag and said, how oh, mama? Uh, I wasn't in Michigan. I only lived there till I was 10 or 11 years old. So that was a little early. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I lived in Phoenix at that time, the first time I started using them. I don't remember what their paper was called. There is a fantastic digital archive called the Gay Rodeo History. That's like Cowboy Frank or something runs it. Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> 
Now, the only hookup I remember in Phoenix actually became, he's, he's a friend today. And we've been friends, boy, decades now. Is this the is this the man that you, you met up with at a park at one yes. point? Uh, we met at a park because kind of usually, I mean, some guys would just say, come on over, but usually met in a safe place first, especially if you weren't sure mm-hmm. if you were going to be interested in it. You didn't want to walk into somebody's apartment and say, Ugh, and leave. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we met in the park. Uh, his name is Sean. And we had a difficult time. We both were on different ends of the park and we kept trying to call each other. And so I finally told him where I was. He said, stay there. And when he came around that corner, I was like, oh, my God, I have hit the jackpot. And uh, we kind of had a a brief relationship, especially after I came out. He actually helped me come out. I uh, said, sorry, I'm just coming out. I don't I think I need to live a little bit. So but I'm still very grateful to him. and, And he's a really good friend. He's a great guy. Incredible. Hats off for Sean. That story is so funny because like now with like uh, apps like Grindr, it's like this person is two meters away. <laughs> yes. Take 10 steps to your left and there is your part of your new, your no, new romance. Well, so how many responses would you typically receive when you posted a, an ad? Well, it could be frustrating. You could go days with no responses. And then all of a sudden, one day, for whatever reason, uh, people were looking for your type and uh, you would get a lot. I usually had at least one a day. And now it wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't necessarily meet them that day. Sometimes you would, but you would exchange numbers and then stay in touch and uh, uh, say, hey, come on over. What did you deem as safe locations to to meet meet up with people? After I came out, I never met in public places. I I, okay. I, I will not do sex in public places. Uh, in fact, a good friend of mine did uh, meet up a guy and was doing it in a park and got arrested. And I'm like, there's no way that's going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. So after I came out, I would either have the guys come over to my place and or I would go to their place. Okay. And I was in a relationship at that time. I eventually did become in a relationship pretty quickly after I came out, even though unfortunately I told poor poor Sean, I wasn't ready. Uh, I kind of was lonely. So I did end up in a relationship Mm -hmm. and, uh, but we had an open relationship. So he worked in San Francisco. We lived together, but he worked in San Francisco and I lived in a small town, 80 miles away. So um, we each did our own thing. You know, he might be late home from work or, and I would, have somebody over while he was at work. So, so when you were listening to some of these voicemails, what would strike you as like an immediately no way? Like, I can tell in in your voice. Like, <laughs> um, creepy voices were a no. Unfortunately, you know, you could have the nicest guy in the world, but just has a creepy voice. So, you know, you just would picture in your head somebody that sounded clingy. Well, certainly if somebody was looking for a relationship, it was a Mm no-go. Some people wouldn't say the words, but they sounded kind of clingy. That would be a Mm no-go. And then different kinks. Like, I'm not into scat. Sorry. Um, That that was a straight-out no. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I was still pretty timid. So S&M or bondage, was there was no way I was going to get involved in that. That would be, you know, dangerous. Uh, I'm 
toyed with those since then. I'm, I'm a little more open-minded than I used to be. And, uh, but back then having newly come out, that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> you know, that's no pun intended, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell me some of like the experiences that the most memorable that from like the personal ads, maybe like, were you ever catfished? Yes, I was. Um, there was actually, I'm going to tell you two interesting stories. The first one I like to tell because it, it, it's just funny as hell to me. There was this guy, he and I had been exchanging back and forth and we really hit it off on the phone and he sounded very hot. And uh, we finally said, let's hook up. I invited him over and he said, I just want to let you know, I'm into dress socks. <laughs> and I thought, okay, we all have our kinks. I'm not into that, but you know, what's, you know, wearing a pair of dress socks while having sex, if that's as bad as it gets, I can live with that. And so he came over and uh, it wasn't exactly what I thought. He wanted to sit in a chair and masturbate while he watched me just take off dress socks and put another pair on. Again, I don't want to condemn anyone's kink, but I certainly don't understand that one and wasn't into it. So after a few minutes, I said, Yo, you know, you're going to have to go home. This just isn't doing it for me. Uh, there was only one time I'm cat. I was catfish. I, you know, you hear a lot of stories about people uh, hooking up that uh, or being catfished. And I only experienced it one time. And it was a guy, I was traveling to Seattle. So I was only staying in the hotel one night at, by the airport. And so we communicated in advance and his uh, name was Keanu, which I kind of knew probably wasn't his real name. So I asked him, why do you go by Keanu? And he said, well, because people tell me I look like Keanu Reeves. I thought, oh, well, yeah, that's cool. I'm all, I'm, I can go for that. Yeah. Um, well, Keanu, I didn't realize was fat and balding and had bushy eyebrows. Apparently in the movies, they make him look much better than he really is. Because right. uh, this guy looked nothing like Keanu Reeves. Uh, uh, I would guess he was probably 60. And I do remember he was one of those guy, poor guys that has the the huge bushy eyebrows, which you know a lot of people have them, but usually they trim them back. But he, I guess he didn't. And... Uh, it was funny because I ran down to the lobby to get a soda uh, before he got there, thinking I had enough time. And when I got to the elevator, he was coming down. He'd already gone to the room and was knocking on the door. Uh, so he was coming out of the elevator and he goes, oh, are you Brad? And I said, yeah, are you Keanu? And he said, yeah. And it was probably the first time I'm a pretty nice guy. It was probably the first time I ever got nasty with anyone. And I said, you know, how you look is how you look. And there's there's somebody for everybody. Somebody's mm -hmm. going to be into your look. But don't lie to me. You know, I'm sorry. You got to go. I'm not interested. So he left. I mean, it's not even I, I don't even think it's probably even necessarily about his like the looks. It's the fact that someone he would be willing to lie to you to to get you to show up. That feels a little bit suspicious. Yeah, I mean. Even even if he was, you know, had washboard abs and pumped up and but he was a blonde Swedish guy, I would have probably been a little pissed off as well. Yeah. I may not have told him to go home, but I would have been, <laughs> I would have been pissed off. Right. You're like, uh, actually, I, I probably would have told him to go home because I would have that would have just been a turn off immediately. 
How often did you use the call ads? Uh, there was a point where I was using them every single day, every single day. I, uh, you know, I have nobody, no problem with somebody that wants to play around all the time. Go for it. Uh, as long as it's fun, I was doing it for the wrong reasons. I, I was going through a tough time. I mean, I newly divorced and I was still dealing with internalized homophobia. So I needed somebody to make me feel good. Mm-hmm. So there were nights that I would have three guys in a row. I, my bedroom was a revolving door. And I remember my roommate saying, you are my idol. Like, wow. And I joked about it. And I said, you know, I kind of acted like, yeah, I'm Mr. Hot Stuff. But the reality was, I even knew then that uh, I was doing it for the wrong reasons. So, you know, I'm happily married today. We're monogamous. Uh, but if something happened and I became single again, I picture myself, I mean, I love sex. I would probably be pretty slutty again, <laughs> but it would be for the right reasons. I, I, it's just fine. You know, yeah. back then it wasn't for the right reasons. So, mm-hmm. But uh, not that I didn't have fun as well. So right, right. Let me make that very clear. Yeah. <laughs> you said, I, don't worry, I picked, I picked some things up along the way and, you know, <laughs> had a lot of good times. Yeah, because I can imagine, yeah, having um having some being able to go and like have people on call and like just have that like hit that rush of dopamine would be sort of addictive at times. Um, yeah, as soon as one because they were helping me feel good, uh, as soon as they left, it was like coming off of meth, and mm-hmm. so I needed I need another hit, so mm-hmm. I'd get somebody to come over. <laughs> I was describing it to somebody. Uh, I, because I was a total bottom at the time. I, I said, you know, as soon as they would leave, I had a hole to fill. <laughs> and I thought, well, I guess so, but I was meaning, I didn't mean that literally, uh, more figuratively. Yeah. Well, so I guess I'm going to go into some more background before we get into some ads. Some background is more on like the theme, just in terms of like gayness, voicemail, and like calling into ads. I was, this is more of an observation, but when I was looking through the different queer publications, I didn't really see a lot of the call ads in the late 70s. I, yeah, they weren't advertised that much in the late 70s to early 80s. It seemed to like appear around like 87, like late 80s to 90s. And they kind of make sense because back back in the day, the voicemail tech that was used to field these calls wasn't really invented until the late 70s. And so, and that was mostly for like big companies. Answering machines, which were convenient and inexpensive by the 1970s, could only record and replay messages locally with the phone, within the phone called. So, but the voicemail was a service that allowed people to answer, access messages from anywhere. Uh, so if you didn't want your your mother to play back on your tape, <laughs> <laughs> some some potential uh edgy recordings um i can imagine so apparently a lot of telephone communication companies were figuring out these different like answering systems because they didn't want to have to employ an operator uh so at&t and ibm were some of those first people but then the one that seems to be like the grandfather of all voicemail was invented by a guy named gordon matthews who formed a company called the voice message exchange vmx and that sold the first like voicemail system to the 3M company, which I don't really 
No, I mean, I, I, so I don't know if they're still around. They may have been bought up, but they used to make tape. That was, they, I'm sure they did other things, but they okay. were most known for tape, scotch tape. Scotch tape. Fascinating. I'm pretty sure it was scotch tape. All right. Well, they, they, they bought the patent, I guess, to the, vo or no, they bought the first system to use within their company, I guess. And it allowed employees to leave a message for another employee only without ringing the telephone. Uh, so the, the, and the, oh my God. And the, these were like so big that they were about as large as a few refrigerators at that time, <laughs> which I can imagine. Some sort of techie thing allowed voicemail to be more popular to the, or more available to the mass public in the early 1980s. It had something to do with the software being usable on personal computers and probably like the rise of people having more personal computers. Mm -hmm. um, and then publications seemed to be using voicemail services to generate revenue through their classified ads and personal ads. So yeah, I think a lot of, once the internet took over and like voicemail and different classified stuff moved online, publications have had to find other ways to, to capture our, our attention. But yeah, it's really fascinating to me to, to think about the changing systems. Cause I remember like, just like the tape answering machines. I don't know. It would be interesting to, to get a hold of some of those like tapes or like if there were any servers that were possibly saved on. I just, I just don't, I, I don't feel like it was probably maintained, which I understand because who wants their, <laughs> their sexy voicemails out there. I searched the net hoping that I would be able to find one. And I, I found ads for the services, but yeah. uh, I could not, I think it was on YouTube, but I could not find any actual recordings. I'm sure they exist somewhere. And you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to see if, if the numbers aren't taken over, I can call and see, see if some of those are still up. I doubt it, but I know that like, so I got this book from recommended by someone who runs the BIPAN uh, library that they just started up and it's called the Black Book 5th edition and it's essentially like a 1998 like, what is it, like yellow book, yellow pages for uh, different queer services. Um, and I found a few phone ads in here so I want to. I'm going to I'm going to reach out and see if I can find the archives of like the camera art, CAB marketing, intimate erotic chat from our bedrooms, you know, like all that. So we'll see if we can find any. But and are you familiar with the one archive? Yeah, that's is that's the one at Berkeley, right? Uh, USC, is, University USC. of Southern California. It's the yes. largest resource of uh, queer material in the world. They may be able to help you. Right. And I meant to like reach out to them before we did this and never got to it. So did so, I. Yeah. Alas. But so I, what, since none of these kind of exist, I just kind of pulled a selection of people who mentioned phones in their ads or call me or they left the voicemail for you to call them back, but they left like a, like a, a, a written ad. So we're going to, we're going to take a, a look at five of those. Um, okay. And this first one is from Outweek, published in New York City, December 16th, 1990. Would you like to read it or shall I? Uh, sure, I'll read it um, because it puzzles me. <laughs> yes. Uh, the heading is Gay Boy Wants Lesbian Liaison. And the ad is, 
overdosed on one-nighters and phone sex. Just want to do it with the same man twice in a week after he tells me his last name. Carol King, Herbal Tea, Long Walk in Prospect Park. Your ex-lover's ex-lover is my ex-lover's ex-roommate. You know. And then it says, I w- and it gives us box number that week. That one throws me for like. Yeah. I mean, you, cause you're like, okay, so he wants like a lesbian in his life, but then immediately it says that he wants to do it with a, a man twice in the same week. So I'm like, is he looking for a lesbian wingman then or wing person? I don't, cause yeah, the first, when I read gay boy wants lesbian liaison overdosed on one nighters and phone sex, I thought, Okay, he's he's experimenting, or he's just he's just d- determined that he's probably bisexual. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, you know, this is. But it was vague enough. I thought, you know, he really could have written it better. But then when I read, just want to do it with the same men twice in a week, I thought, what does the hell does a lesbian have to do with it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I'm going to look up, I don't say where do I find the nearest lesbian. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm going to go to the, the lesbian bar to find myself a gay man. That sounds great. <laughs> fascinating, fascinating stuff. But I like this. Your ex-lover's ex-lover is my ex-lover's ex-roommate, where I think it's like maybe ex-lover, ex-lover. But it, it throws exes in there, which is always fun because it's like, oh, we it's a small world. So like maybe. Yeah, I kind of wondered about that one. Your ex-lover's ex-lover is my ex-lover's ex-roommate. And I thought, oh, he's a fun guy. He's, that's kind of funny, you know? Yeah. But then I thought, well, because they usually paid per word. Mm-hmm. And I thought, it seems like he would have been better to kind of tell a little bit more about himself than he liked Car- Carol King and Herbal Tea. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if he wanted to let people know that he's kind of silly, I guess that's good. Yeah. And then he's like, I guess I, we've all gotten around and... I don't know. Yeah, I that could I, be what he's trying to imply that he's been with everybody. Yes, I've been. Yes, I've been with everyone. Maybe you've also been with everybody. So let's see if we can bridge our connections, and I can introduce you to someone new, and you yeah. can introduce me to someone new. Maybe I don't know. All of that makes sense, except the lesbian aspect. Yes, <laughs> but maybe he's just looking for like a, a a woman's touch on this, but not not too much, I guess. Well, maybe somebody understands it. We'll send you an email or something. I would love that. I would love that. Send me an email. Uh, Q4QPodcast at gmail.com. I had to ask my partner about Carol King because I was like, who? She sounds familiar. I just don't know. (laughs) I just don't know who she is. What is he trying to say about himself? But then I looked her up and saw that she wrote the theme song for Gilmore Girls and is pretty famous. So those are one of those. She's done that. Yeah, apparently. And then that's I Feel the Earth move yes and which is probably what she's really known for but so that was fun i was like okay overdosed on one-nighters and phone sex he's in it that's you know that ties in connect mm-hmm. and then i the next one is some ex- uh, some samples from the encounters section of q notes which was published in charlotte north carolina october 2nd 1999 I'm not sure if these are actually real or just for like the advertisement of this talking line, but the first two like really showed like frustration of playing phone tag and not being able to 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 get in touch. So I think it was probably like I think the at least the first two are not samples. The first one says, "Hey Lee, missed your call due to trip. Then your phone was in- inactive. Please contact me again as I am still anxious to meet you." 
And then the next one is, hey, David, the farmer from Charlotte, you answered our ad, number 4988, please call us, we've been paging you, which is just... David chickened out. He chickened out. He was, he was, he was horny and then he got a little scared. That's my guess. Or his boyfriend or wife found out. Or that David, the farmer. And they're like, we've been trying to get to get a hold of you. And like all of his phones are been like smashed to pieces. (laughs) Yeah. Some of these other ones are fun too, but they don't mention, they don't mention anything to do with phones. And they also say they're samples. Which are fun, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure if this was like the editor was writing. Um, like, here's a sample. Sex on the beach. It sure was hot when you sat next to me on my rainbow towel. It got even hotter when you took off your shirt. Wish I could have let you know how much I appreciated the show. Call if you're interested in a command performance, which does feel like someone may have crafted that, but perhaps not. I would say there were ads like that a lot mm-hmm. and these weren't just in the fag rags these were in local newspapers they mm-hmm. weren't as as blatant in the, in the newspaper the newspaper would say um to the beautiful young lady in the red dress that i bumped to on the subway and you told me you read dickens please get in touch but i always wondered what are the odds i don't know that that person is gonna just happen to be browsing through the encounter section and say oh there's that guy I think it would be very interesting to for there to be a movie. And I know that there's the the movie Seeking um oh god, I can't believe I've already forgotten it. Seeking Susan or Desperately Seeking Susan. Um mm-hmm. but to like a kind of horror maybe a horror drama movie about someone posting a misconnection and then someone else like answering it and like pretending to be that person. And I don't know, chaos ensues. But that that could be either a good comedy or a good horror. Yeah. Depending on how you want to write it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this was an interesting one. I have two of them from Texas. One is this week in, it's so this is a magazine called This Week in Texas from nineteen ninety-three, September third. And the next two are from this magazine. And this is like a Houston to Dallas area, which I feel like is probably a pretty expansive piece of Texas. Yeah, it's pretty good distance. Yeah. But the two big cities. So Yeah, that would that makes sense. Would you like to read this one? Sure. It says variety of interest. Five eight, one forty-five pounds, black hair, blue eyes, slim build, seeking guys twenty-five to thirty-five who like to jog, work out going to scary movies, plugging, I'm sorry, clubbing, uh, progressive alternative music, let's connect and see what develops. And then there's like this little phone emoji in 2851. So you reply quicker with the voicemail, which I think is interesting. Um, I wanted to put one, I mean, this is like, just kind of like one of your standard ads, nothing like Mm -hmm. particularly like stands out other than like, he was i think he was very able to encompass all the things that he likes and is looking for but it is interesting because like around this time what is that 93 it seems like it's less right to this box and more call this number to reply to me which i feel like is probably a little bit faster well there's a couple things that jump out at me one thing i liked about personal ads even if you're open-minded you might be in a mood for just one particular type of guy. Mm-hmm. So I like that they can 
you know, they give the description five, eight, 145 pounds, black hair, blue eyes. So somebody may, and guys, 25 to 35. So at least if you're 50, you know, not to bother calling them. Mm -hmm. Some people that would bother. And I'm like, no, it's great. If that's what they want, that's what they want. But then he does get a little more personal and talk about jogging, going to scary movies. So um, he just sounds like a nice guy to me. Yeah. No, I like it. I, and I like alternative music. So yeah. maybe I would have given him a call. Yeah. And he likes clubbing too, to have fun. I don't know if, I, I don't know. What does progressive music mean? I should have looked that up, but I didn't. You know, I don't know. Uh, this was 93. I was a big Nirvana fan. Okay. I'm going to, this is a guess. I'm thinking it's probably somewhere in the same neighborhood as, as uh, alternative, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I think that there's like a bit, like, it's not like he's like specifically honing in on someone just because like, oh, like exercise, 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 or like eats healthy or whatever. Like you can tell that like, it's, it's something that he's just like, oh, like we want to do interesting things together. Like and this guy likes to stay busy. Yeah. He does a lot of stuff. Scary movies. I do love a scary movie. If he's looking for a lesbian liaison, I would love to to hang out. <laughs> this next one, I didn't even, it's also from 1993, September 3rd in the This Week in Texas magazine. And maybe you would have said hello to him. So uh, Babalu Baby, gay Hispanic male, GHM, 29, 5, 6, 145 pounds. My friends say I look like Ricky Ricardo. I'm looking for a gay white man, attractive, with great sense of humor, drug-free, smoker okay for a first-time experience. Call and get my number at this voicemail. But yeah. Oh, for a first-time experience. First-time experience is very interesting. That's a pretty bold ad for a first-time experience. I know. So I wonder, maybe maybe he likes to 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 pretend that make maybe maybe he thinks it's hotter that people think he's a virgin or not a virgin but like is only this is his first time or ah good point or maybe it's not i just it, you're right it does seem like he's got the, the the lingo down for this yeah maybe he read a lot of ads but and it sounds kind of fishy to me i mean it doesn't sound fishy in the sense that i, I think he's looking for somebody but the first time experience maybe a friend may have wrote it for him. That's also true. He could have been like, I just don't know. I like that he he says, like, I think it's fun because he connects himself to Ricky from I Love Lucy. Mm -hmm. Ricky's signature so song is Babalu. And that does kind of make it stick out that it's like Babalu, baby. And you're like, oh, immediately I'm I'm snatched in. Yeah, this this was good marketing because it's big, bold letters, Babalu Baby. Mm -hmm. I don't care who you are. You're going to read what that said. You, you're going to be like, that's going to grab you. Like, what the hell is that about? Yeah. I was like, oh, that that is, it's interesting. It's great. It's, he says his friends tell me that I look like Ricky Ricardo. And if someone, one of his friends wrote the ad for him, maybe that would line up. Yeah, I would personally would debate on this one. Yeah. And the reason is, well, he's Hispanic, so that would have got my attention. But I didn't find Ricky all that hot. Mm. I'm I when I hear that he was such a womanizer and that's why Lucy left him, I'm like, well, of course, you know, anybody famous can be a womanizer, but mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know. I'm yeah. debating on Ricky. I probably would have tried it out. Yeah. <laughs> tried to, him out. Well, also, like, I mean, you've already been burned once by Keanu Reeves. You can't like what about <laughs> Ricky? Saying you uh, look or like Desi? somebody famous is probably not a good idea. You don't, you're not comparing yourself to like this famous person because people are always going to be a little bit disappointed, I think, when you compare yourself with like what someone looks like on TV. They're going to be like, mm, you don't really like look that much 
like this person, except I get Ellen a lot and I feel like they might be happier that I show up and I'm not Ellen. I don't know. Like, but, and, and again, what stage of Ellen did you look like? That's the deal. Yeah, that's also true. Because uh, as a as a writer, one of the first things when you see a newcomer mistake is they'll rather than give a good description of a character, they'll say uh, he looked like um, uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Okay, well, what's the guy's name that was uh, the Sparkly Empire Werewolf show? Lautner, Trent Lautner, uh, Taylor Lautner, Taylor Lautner. Here's here's an example. A editor I know, her daughter was writing her first book. And she said the guy looked like Trent Lautner, thinking mm -hmm. that he was really hot. Well, the mother, the editor, the only she'd never seen that show. The only thing she remembered Trentner was from some earlier movie or TV show where he was really scrawny. Yeah. And she she asked her like, the, he, this isn't the description of the guy she's talking about. And the daughter you know, explained it and she said, cut the name out. Because, yeah, he was, uh, well, the one not to make it this more culturally, some, like date this further, but... He was Shark Boy and Shark Boy and Lava Girl, and he was very scrawny and adorable. But yeah, he like really does like a, a glow up around around Twilight, I guess. And he's even different between the Twilight movies. Like they like really beefed him up towards mm -hmm. the last bit. So like that's hard. Yeah. Yeah, he's hot. <laughs> yeah, but okay. So to finish us off, I am going to end us on a funny note because it only slightly really mentions to leave your phone number but the whole ad is just like really chaotic and it's from the body politic which i believe is a toronto canada newspaper um from july and august 1984 which makes sense why i guess they, they said write and leave your phone number here so hot and clean buns would like to please you love finger play cock fucking and hot dogs Discretion expected. Please write with phone number to drawer E446. I don't know what to say about this one. Thanks for coming. Hot and clean buns and would like, okay, hot and clean buns would like to please you. Okay, mm -hmm. that makes sense. Love finger play. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Cock fucking, I guess you could, I, I'm like, what other kind of fucking can you do? I don't consider dildos a fucking, so, but that's okay. And hot dogs. Is he trying to be funny? I think I think he's trying to make like hot hot dog hot bun bun jokes. I think it's funny. Well, I the, mm. the cock cock fucking is funny because like if you could you could just say fucking, but like I don't know. I I don't I don't know because it what it what it immediately brings to mind is like a rooster in my head, which is probably not what he's going for. <laughs> <laughs> but the hot dog the hot dogs is interesting. It's like are we gonna be feeding each other hot dogs? Are you going to use that as an instrument in my pleasure? I just, I don't know. Yeah. You know, the hot and clean buns is cute. Mm -hmm. And it could be that he's just trying to continue to be cute. I, I, that's probably, but who knows? His kink may be hot dogs. I don't know. Yeah. Because I feel like you could definitely, you could definitely word this differently. Like put your hot dog in my bun or whatever. I mean, he already said buns, but like. That would, that would have been a big turn off to me. <laughs> 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 yeah that because it's like i have humor and i want to fuck yeah like yeah. <laughs> I, and i love humor but that was that would be just a little too put your put your hot dog in my buns but each one like hot and clean buns i think is cute uh, and would like to please you the only thing he doesn't have here is any description of what he looks like right so 
I always wonder about these, like how many would actually respond? I feel like this probably may not have gotten any responses because like, I mean, but again, this is like right be like before all of like the voicemail talking ads, what have you became a thing. So he's he is like looking to to have a lot of sex, it seems like he left his phone number. So like we can get right to the point. I don't know. Yeah, he, he may not be. um too restrictive in who comes in his door. It is interesting. Yeah, we don't even know his age. Yeah. We don't, uh, all we know is that he's somewhere in Canada, but. Well, at least we know he's nice. Yeah, he, he would like to please you. But yeah, so that's a, that's my last ad. I thought, what, why not go out with a, a hot dog? <laughs> but yeah, I wanna just thank you so much for your patience and understanding and for coming on the show. I hope you guys all check Brad out on his websites at the Brad Shreve. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to going back and listening to some of your, your old content. Well, uh, you'll have to let me know what you think. Yeah, oh, I will. Because you're a lot of fun to talk to. And thank you for having me on. This was just as much fun as I thought it would be. Good. Well, always press the record button. Um, I think I feel like everybody, I'm going to leave parts of this in, in terms of always press the record button. <laughs> and so I guess thank you, so everybody, for listening. And I'll, I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Take care.